little bit of a bittersweet night. Always fun to be in the studio with my guy Stone, but we were supposed to be out in Delray Beach tonight at Little Fenway, uh, taking in some South Florida Collegiate Baseball League action. And But, you know, we're going to do the next best thing, and we're going to talk with the president and the CEO of the SFCBL. Uh, we got him on the phone right now, Vince Farfaglia. Vince, you with us? Yes, I am. Vince, uh, again, apologies. We couldn't get out there tonight. It had to be a little bit better, uh, a little bit safe, better safe than sorry with, with the weather rolling in. It looked pretty nice. looked like it was going to turn into, an, into a nice night. Mother Nature obviously had some other ideas, but you, you guys got started the league going in uh, to, I believe, more than 10 years. Uh, how has the league been, you know, going the first couple days of the, of the summer season? Well, it's certainly uh, been a little wet, uh, more wet than usual. We don't usually see this uh, until July, but it looks like in the weather we're going to get a break um, coming up here in the um, the next week with the weather. You know, at the same time though, we had 24 out of the 64 schools represented that were in the regional playoffs for the NCAA. Right. So the the weather actually did give a chance for us to catch up uh, and have those guys come in. Slowly, they're trickling in, but we actually still do have some guys in the Super Regionals right now that are still playing, and um, a couple of these guys got to play their morning games and uh, that had just got in, so it's uh, it's good to see those guys start coming in. So again, Vince uh, Farfaglia, the president and the CEO of the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League with us here this evening. Uh, the SFCBL, Vince, established 2010 205 major league draft picks in that time. 26 guys who have played in the SFCBL have gone on to play in the major leagues. 10 teams in the league, West Palm, Boynton, Delray, Boca, Pompano, West Boca, you name it. Give, tell me more about the start of the league. You know, what was, how did it start? What was the, what, 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 what was the process in getting the league started? You know, what did you feel like, you know, what was the need that you wanted to fill for a league in the South Florida area uh, when it comes to, came to summer baseball? Sure. Uh, that's a question I get a lot, and it's a pretty uh, complex answer. Um, but I based it off of my own playing experiences as a college player. And, you know, I played in, in several summer collegiate leagues uh, in the Northeast. Um, and really, I took my experience and what I would have wanted as a player and put it into this beautiful setting, which is South Florida. Uh, you know, we have so much to offer uh, these players outside of baseball with the beaches, the restaurants, uh, activities to do off the field. Um, but there's so much talent here just in sports in general uh, with baseball that, you know, it, it's, such a, it's, it's such a perfect area for it. Um, the other thing is that we put a lot of different other components in because a lot of these other leagues uh, around the country, they don't have strength and conditioning programs. They don't have nutrition staff. Um, we have so many incredible resources here with the amount of professional athletes and training centers that are here that really when a player comes down here and plays in the SFCBL, they're not only getting a college experience, they're getting a professional experience of what it would be like uh, being a professional ball player. You know, they have strength and conditioning, uh, they have set strength programs, they have nutrition staff, they have therapy, and our facilities are just incredible here for these guys. How has the league grown and evolved over the last decade plus? Did you guys have the, the strength and conditioning and, and all those all those extra, you know, the, the, the things that really separate your league from all the other ones? Did you, have you guys had those from the very start? Or what's the process of implementing uh, those things that you, that you hang your hat on as one of the premier summer leagues in the country? 
Yeah, we've always had those since day one because, like I said, I mean, when I was playing, we never had those type of things. It was always on our own. We, you know, we had a gym membership to a YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we never had the nutrition component, and and really, the game has evolved in, in where these players, talent wise and skill wise, are are much better than when I was playing and and when some of others guys my age were playing. But we didn't have these resources that are readily available now, and we really like to provide those guys, you know, that opportunity to uh, to really feel and uh, experience what it's like to be a pro ball player. Again, here you know, the- from the beginning. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. But you know, as far as the progression goes, as far as talent, you know, I think people were seeing such good success, and you know, we were getting these players and developing them. You know, when we had Cedric Mullins here, you know, if you had told me back then that he'd be the starting center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles and starting the Major League All-Star game, I never would have believed you. But, you know, this, you know, this whole experience for him was such a good stepping stone in his young career. And we provided guys like him and others like Ryan Yarbrough for the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, we provided them these experience and uh, these tools to better themselves. And you know, the, the results just kept on uh, getting better, and we stepped on getting more guys drafted every single year. And now it's to the point where we're getting support from the largest universities in the country. Vince, you with us? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Sorry about that. So the, the issue isn't attracting players. Is, is Look, if, if I were in college playing ball, I would, I want, to want, to get, I would want to get my butt down to Florida and, and, use, and use the amazing facilities you guys have and the strength and conditioning and, and all that. But... What is the what problems do you run into when it comes to the fact that there's ten there's ten teams and there's only a finite amount of playing time? So how do you guys run into the problem of you got more guys interested in coming to play down here than spots you have to give? Sure. Yeah. We. I mean, we currently actually have 150 players on our waiting list right now. Wow. It, 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 there's such a demand to play here. You know, especially you know with COVID, we were the the first sporting event professional or collegiate that played during the pandemic in 2020 and you know with that whole pandemic season in 2020 we really paved the path to show the world not only just the local and regional but the world and national uh audience that sporting events can be ran safe and efficiently through certain mitigation guidelines so once we proved really to everyone that we could provide a safe environment for kids to play, the demand just went up even more. Um, and really, it's a first-come, first-served type of thing, mm-hmm. and we work directly with the college programs, and uh, they're, they're placing their guys with us directly. One of my questions, again, as we talk with uh, President and CEO of the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League, Vince Farfaglia. Uh, Vince, one of my questions was really, how, how do you guys set the rosters? Is, is there a draft? Obviously, you got kids coming, out, coming in from from. All, all backgrounds and, and, and schools, you got you know, from the SEC, Alabama and, and Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and you have local players who play at you know, a Kaiser University, a great NAIA program. So how do, how do, you, get, how do you get through the process of even, evening out the rosters and, and make sure, uh, to make sure the league stays, com- stays competitive? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's 10 different teams, as you mentioned, and those 10 teams are members of the league. Uh, those 10 teams are also owned by different individuals. 
that come from different baseball backgrounds. Like, for instance, I'm from the Northeast originally, but I played college ball down here in Florida. So I draw a lot of my players from the teams that I recruit for from the Northeast. Got it. Um, you have guys like Doug Jennings, uh, who was a World Series champion in 1989 for the Athletics, who gets guys from uh, a lot of guys from the West Coast and other different connections that he made you know, while playing Major League Baseball. And, and as you mentioned, Kaiser, you know, some of the coaches uh, that we employ here in the league are, are college coaches at area schools like Palm Beach Atlantic, Lynn mm-hmm. University, Kaiser. So they're referring their own players to the leagues to play uh, for these teams as well. But everybody has kind of their own playing background and, and, and connections that they really draw from. And some of them are more concentrated on different areas of the country based off of geographically where you know, we played or where we grew up. What do you think the adjustment is for hitters when they play here uh, in Florida for, in the SFCBL? You're going from metal bat in college, college season to, to the wood bat league. Do you, do you feel like... Obviously, maybe initially that, that favors the pitcher, but look, if you want to go play professional ball, you're going to have to swing the, the wooden bat. So do you, do you think that makes it more of a pitcher-friendly league, but in the long run helps your hitters and helps your guys you know, improve their, uh, the way they swing the bat when they get back to college and they get that you know, extra oomph from, uh, from getting their metal bat back? Sure, yeah. So, you know, the wood bat really, uh, it really proves to... Uh, us and scouts that you know who can really handle the wood and who can who has a feel for the barrel and who the true hitters are. There's so much give and there's so much forgiveness in a metal bat that when a hitter uses wood, uh, a lot of time you see a lot more defensive swings um, when they're at the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was actually speaking with Hunter Furtado from the University of Alabama after he had pitched this morning. Um, between the games and you know he was saying that he mentioned that that he notices that playing with and throwing against the wood bat you get a lot of guys that are more guys that are making defensive swings uh, rather than when you have more confidence with with a metal bat there's more of a sweet spot so for scouts you know it's it's a proving grounds to find out who the real hitters are and who can handle uh, the velocity and who can handle these top tier type arms uh, with wood bats. So for them, this is very important and it's very important for these hitters to be able to get experience hitting with wood if they want to play at the professional level. You mentioned Cedric Mullins as a guy who came, who was an alum of the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League. Uh, one of the alums who was having a fantastic season is Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays, second season in the majors after a rookie year candidate type season last year. I mean, right now we, we got a hundred, a little bit around a hundred games left in the major league season uh, with teams playing around 60 games or so. But last time I checked, Shane had an, had a sub two ERA somewhere around 1.87. Look, He's definitely in the running right now for the AL Cy Young. What's it, what's it been like being able to follow and how fun is it being how fun is it to follow the, the, the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League alums and watch them have so much success in the majors? It's just so rewarding. You know, a guy like him you, you've seen since he was a senior in high school. And, and, you know, Shane, a lot of people don't really know his story because they hear the USF and go to the first round. But Shane originally actually was committed to the Charleston Southern University up in South Carolina. And, um, you know, he was with us as a high school senior going into his freshman year. And uh, that's when he ended up 
decommitting and then committing to USF, he ended up getting Tommy John surgery, and that's really when the velo began to tick up big time. Mm. Um, you know, when Shane was here, he was like 88, 91, which is respectable for a left-handed pitcher. But by the time that he was draft eligible, I mean, he was running, running up to 100 miles an hour from the left side, which is, you know, outstanding. You know, that's well above the major league average. Um, the slider became more developed, you know, as he got older which has really become his out pitch, and it's you know very unhittable for a lot of hitters and even in the major leagues. But a guy like him is just incredible to know that you were a stepping stone in his path to you know the ultimate uh, gratification, which is playing in the major leagues. Um, so it's incredibly rewarding watching him and the other guys that are alumni uh, make it all the way to the top. Wrapping things up here on High School Hysteria with the president and CEO of the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League, Vince Farfaglia. Vince, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned it earlier that you've got a bunch of guys who are still playing and vying for a trip to Omaha, and and we're excited about that too because there's a bunch of guys on teams who are, again, trying to get to Omaha, Omaha who, are, who are local kids. Tennessee, Notre Dame, Stanford, Louisville, uh, North Carolina, Southern Miss, all those teams have, have some local, some, have local Palm Beach, Treasure County athletes on them. Uh, which series this weekend, you know, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on with, with the SFC-BL, but you know, which series of the Super Regionals are, are most intriguing to you as, as you know, eight teams look to punch their ticket to Omaha? I think the um, the University of Arkansas is actually my pick um, mm. to win it all, so that's that's actually the series I've been watching, you know, that I'm looking forward to watch, especially since we've had so many of their players in the last several right. years and a couple of guys that are currently on the Delray Beach roster. Um, you know, one of the guys to take a look at is Zach Morris. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's been a spot starter for them, but he's, he has, um, you know, I think he's going to be a pretty good draft this year as well. Um, but I think Arkansas is extremely talented, and I, I really wouldn't be surprised if it came down to an SEC showdown uh, you know, for the actual World Series. But sure. I'm really looking forward to that. The Tennessee is University of Tennessee Notre Dame series is obviously very hyped up because they're hosting their number one team in the country. I mean, if you look at their pitching staff, it's just power arm after power arm and you know, they've got they've got some thumpers in the middle of their lineup as well. So they're the clear favorite, but I I think I'm going for the dark horse, which is Arkansas. Interesting pick. I you know what I I, I credit Ar- I credit the Razorbacks for really getting me into college baseball, having spent the last couple of years in the state of Arkansas. So I can't argue with that. Uh, it's definitely going to be a fun weekend. Vince, thank you so much for joining us here on High School Hysteria. Obviously, we would we would have loved to get out uh, to Little Fenway tonight, but we plan on being there uh, next Friday night, and we'll talk with you then, all right? Super. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, stay safe this weekend.